coming at you. Hey now, it's the weekend. It's payday. It's time to grab a beer. It's Brewing Company. Roll the open. I am not musically gifted at all. I sing in the shower quietly to myself. It's a fun name to say. There's a couple of really fun names to say. I hope I don't have to. Brothers from Greece. Let's just say there's a few letters that are silent. I don't think I would survive very long on if you're smarter than a fifth grader, but I bet I could tell better jokes than they can. Welcome in, everybody, and welcome back to the 36th episode of Brewin Company. I am your host, Matt Brubaker, and if one Brubaker is good, two Brubakers are better. So we get to welcome back in my younger brother, Chris. So, Chris, uh, thanks for taking the time to uh, to join. The person that I had scheduled for this week canceled, so I appreciate the late acceptance of an invitation. No problem. Glad I could be here. <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Lexi, actually, if you couldn't do it, to see if she could come on and bark for us for 20 minutes, but I'm glad you said She'll probably yes. bark here and there. <laughs> okay, well, we'll keep an ear out. Uh, I know you're obviously busy because a lot has changed in your life since the last time you're on. Uh, but yeah, if you want, uh, go ahead and let everyone know, obviously, about the new job, your test, and some other big news that's happened since episode eight. Yeah, so last time we were doing the podcast ago it was probably may of last year and yep. since that's when i just got over covid but i'm all good on that so <laughs> that's right so you're done with covid so that's done good. with covid that's always a good sign <laughs> i've got all my licensing done for my financial advising now so that's behind me and better things looking forward yeah i'm now engaged getting married in a little over a month now and hopefully wrapping up construction on my house so yeah that's that's a lot of new good things in yeah. well, like a year, not even. So that's Le- yeah, less than a year. That's pretty awesome. The bachelor party's in a couple of weeks. Actually, the it next is. episode that airs will be when we're playing golf on day one of your party. So, Fantastic. Yeah, we could all listen to that and be like, man, this guy's terrible on, on the golf course. Get some koozies uh, out on the golf course. Get some koozies, absolutely. <laughs> the best was when uh you told, I guess, mom and dad first the same day, but then I came afterwards and I'm just sitting at the kitchen table and I don't even know how it transitioned. And you're like, uh, so over the weekend when uh, we went to New York, we kind of <laughs> got engaged. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you thought we were serious or not when we said that. but <laughs> I honestly, I think I would trust when you say something like that a little bit more than like if Pode would say it. Yeah. But I, I just, I had a feeling it was going in that projection. Let's, let's do it this way. The NFL draft is coming up. I figured that was going to happen. Like you were going to get drafted, but you might be like a day <laughs> two draft pick. I didn't realize you're going day one. So that was day was one, number one overall. <laughs> yeah, right. So that was awesome. But yeah, plenty of plenty has happened since uh, since the last time you were on. All good things. Yeah. Uh, the one good thing is you obviously the house is almost done. Uh, but the thing that hasn't changed is you're still not working full days. That's got to be nice. It is nice. Uh, just started caddying though last week so that's making my schedule a little bit more busy but i just i think you're a genius in disguise that you got (laughs) all your tests done to allow you to work full days and there's still no rush for anyone there to make you work full days so you're a genius (laughs) i know i think it actually works in my favor not to be working full days because i'll probably make a little bit more money in caddying right now than if i was to work full time so yeah yeah you're you're a genius in disguise. best of both worlds (laughs) and if anyone i think i Weren't you deciding on this profession the last time we did this? Like, I think you had already decided, but maybe hadn't started. Does that sound right? So I think I just started because if it was after I had COVID, I would have already started. Okay. Because I had COVID the last week at my old job. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. Like how convenient to leave with COVID. (laughs) Because I just remember, I think I said something to the effect, if anyone needs 
uh, any financial oh, yeah. advice, yeah. or if you need any clients, here's the perfect outlet to maybe Absolutely. get a couple of them. So nice I'll pitch. say that again. Yeah, it's it's a quick, easy pitch. And I'll say it again. If anyone needs any financial advice, uh, listen to the podcast and then find a way to get a hold of my brother. That it shouldn't be that hard for you to find help. And Chris, for you, shouldn't be that hard for you to find a client or two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're all about advancing careers on Bruin Company. So that's that's cool. I can congratulate you publicly now on all of that. The house, that's good. Still not working full days. That's great. And getting engaged, that's excellent. So well done. Yes. <laughs> No so, complaints here. Yeah, plenty has changed. Uh, there's also something that's changed on my end. Um, I'm not drinking a beer today on the recording. Christopher's not drinking anything. As we discussed the last time, he only drinks milk and water. But in your <laughs> honor, Chris, I'm drinking milk. So No chocolate milk, just regular milk? No, I do have <laughs> the chocolate milk that I was going to mix with the with the white milk, but I decided to save that for dinner after the recording. Okay. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it up afterwards. The other reason that I didn't uh, bring up like a beer to drink was one. I think I only have one rolling rock left and I think I'm not allowed to drink Bud Light anymore. So oh, that's out. I think you from probably their heard. advertising campaign. Yeah. Everyone's a favorite advertising superhero yes. Dylan. So I think <laughs> I am <laughs> morally obligated to not drink that any longer. So if anyone's looking for free beer, I know a place it's called Anheuser-Busch, but I don't know if you've gotten to listen to, cause you obviously have been very busy with work test and then obviously a wedding to plan but have you been able to listen to any of the episodes in 2023 and do you have any idea of what happy blank day is i ask everybody i have not haven't listened <laughs> to any in 2023 been a little busy yeah that's fair you get a, <laughs> a lot pass. <lot> of studying <laughs> yeah you get a pass but i think it might be an indictment on me that everyone else that's come on the show hasn't known what it was because i don't think they even listen <laughs> so yeah you're fine but i could explain it to you like i do everybody else I realized at the start of the year that it seems like every day of the year is something like you celebrate something like Cinco de Mayo yeah, is, you know, right. for the Spanish culture, that makes sense or Mexican culture, whatever. But every day is a lot of dumb stuff. So I put on the rundown. We have three for April 21st that are happy blank days. And I think they all kind of run together. So the first one, and I'm going to give you a quiz here in a second is national big word day. So before the quiz, what is like the biggest word you use like on a daily basis that when you use it, you're proud of the usage of the word? I don't use a lot of big words in general, so <laughs> I've, uh, I don't have a lot of options to choose from. <laughs> I'll go with cornucopia. That's probably the biggest word I've ever used in my life. That's a good one. I don't know. Or plethora. 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 That's a that's a 25 Don't know how to word. spell that, though. Plethora, I think, is P-L-E-T-H-O-R-A. I have no idea. Now, I know you're not a big Scrabble guy, and the joke is that you're not a big reader, which I'm not either, but <laughs> I don't know why people think I am. I don't I don't look that smart. What does cornucopia mean? Oh, I think it's to like me, a it variety. sounds like a place to go on your honeymoon. I think it's like a variety of choices, like oh. a cornucopia. Like I'd have to double check that. No, that, that sounds right. To me, first thought was vacation destination. Second thought was very weird like foreign vegetable. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. But I do have a quiz for you now. Do you know the longest word in the English dictionary in terms of letters? How many letters? Like, do I have that? to say the word or just guess how many no, letters? No, no, just guess how many letters okay. the longest word is. I'll say 17. No, 30. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to figure out what that could be as a Scrabble score, but obviously with the different tiles. What letter does it start with? Starts with P. Hmm. Yeah. You want to no idea. I, I'll see if I can pronounce it. I tried this like three times yesterday. I think it's pronounced 
pseudo pseudo hypoparathyroidism. <laughs> How is there two pseudos at the That's, start of the word? Yeah, the longest word could be a lot shorter if you just did one pseudo. Yeah. But I also looked it up because after I found the word, I also wanted to educate people on what it means. So it says it's a condition that causes short stature, which is funny because it's the longest word in the English dictionary. <laughs> it also causes a round face and short hand bones, which again is ironic because it's a terribly long word. So if anyone that's listening this week wants to try to give me at least a best guess on what the score would be in Scrabble, let me know because I would be very interested in that. I don't even know if you'd get 30 letters going across I was going to say, I don't board. think it would fill in the board. You'd have to wrap yeah. it around the board. <laughs> I just I found that interesting. So happy National Big Word Day to all you readers out there. Uh, the second one is National Surprise Drug Test Day. That is I know where that's 21st. coming from. Yeah, because, because guess what tomorrow is. <laughs> yeah. We're recording on a Wednesday. So for a certain group of folks, which I don't think any of them that know me would be listening, but for a certain group of folks, April the 20th is a big day in your calendar. But then April 21st <laughs> is National Surprise Drug Test Day, or as I would like to say, Josh Gordon's favorite and least favorite days back to back. That's like all the NFL players that have a great game. Then the next day they get random drug tested. Right. Yeah. It's, it's not random whatsoever. Yeah. So I think that also leads into my favorite holiday, which is also April the 21st. It is national keep off the grass day. So (laughs) this is big for me because it's basically, I am get off your lawn guy and April the 21st is keep off the grass day. So this was established in 2013. So this is the 10-year hmm. anniversary nice. of Keep Off the Grass Day. I have some other facts. Would you like to hear more of them? Well, that's appropriate. I just mowed my grass this afternoon. So. There you go. I think your lawn, of the family, you, dad, mom, and me, mine is the worst of the three. Yours is really solid. Dad's is like Augusta National. Pristine, level. yeah. Yeah. The thing that bothers me the most is I found out, thanks to my neighbors next door, that the people that actually own my house, I don't know if I've told you this, that own my house prior to me, had a lawn care business and their really? lawn That's was the ironic. worst on the cul-de-sac. <laughs> and I found out last week when I was mowing for the first time that they cut it down as low as possible and basically killed it so they wouldn't have to mow. Mm. And now it's my oh. problem. So That's, That's terrible. But here's a couple of fun facts for you. Since you just mowed, I can ask you, what do you usually mow your grass to like from a height wise? Dad knows his. I <laughs> don't know the number, but I just have a setting on the lawnmower and I don't okay. change it unless I really feel like going short. Well, ideal grass length is between two and a half and four inches long. So maybe okay. if you're bored tonight, just kind of get the measuring tape <laughs> out, see what you mowed it down to. But two and a half to four inches long is ideal grass length. But this also, back in like England, back in like the 17th century, lawns were a symbol of wealth. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> because, well, I, I was surprised by that. I'm like, people didn't have grass in the 17th century. What it was, they said short lawns were a status symbol before lawnmowers because people that had like servants or maybe slaves, Mm -hmm. those people that were hired in to help these rich people took care and basically worked on the lawn. So if you're wondering, lawnmowers were actually invented in 1830. So until then, if you had a nice lawn, chances are you were rich. So that also makes sense to me because my lawn looks like dog shit and I don't make that much money. <laughs> so I, maybe I'm living in 17th century England. Other than that, I do have a, a little fun discussion and there's four golf holes because my brother and I have had this ongoing hole in one contest. Every time that the two of us play a round of golf together, we put like a, 
a fake dollar in a pot somewhere. And then when we make a hole in one, it doesn't have to be with each other. Whoever makes the ace wins that money. So every round is worth a buck. What are we so, up to? Do you know? You know what? I can pull it up on the old laptop here and I'll tell you because it's it's a pretty quick find. I think we're close, Chris, to maybe 30 bucks. Oh, wow. Which, big time. <laughs> yeah, I think we wait a couple more because yeah. that would actually be quite terrible to make the ace now. Like, hey, great job. No one's ever done that before. Here's $9. <laughs> 24. It's actually 31 because we played Ooh, Cumberland together. That's right. So uh, $31 if we make an ace the next time we play golf together. But the question here is we got four golf holes and it says, what would you rather prefer? What would be the best place for you to make an ace on? Would it be 17 Sawgrass? So for okay. those of you that don't know golf, the Island Green. Pebble Beach number seven, which my brother and I are happy to say we both played twice. Uh, that's the shortest hole next to the ocean out in Monterey. <laughs> The 12th hole at Augusta National, and if you don't know that, then you probably shouldn't be listening to the rest of the show, or the 16th hole at the Waste Management, the party hole. Okay. So for me, I think it's between two. I think for me, I can easily eliminate the Waste Management hole. That does same. nothing for me. So that'd yeah, be my same. fourth. Uh, but what do you rank them? Uh, go from bronze to gold in your order of where you would prefer your ace to come. So bronze, I would say... Pebble Beach, silver, oh, no kidding, sawgrass, and then gold would be Augusta. Okay, why? Uh, the, why do you put Pebble at three? So I put Pebble at three because I feel like if you make an ace there, just with the weather, it's probably a lot of luck involved with just like getting lucky on the club selection, hitting like a knockdown shot. Yeah. Not as much skill, I feel like. That's fair. I, there, there's always like twenty mile an hour winds there, so it's yep. a lot of guessing involved. I would think of the four, and, and this. I might have to backtrack once I think about it more of the four that might be the hardest to make one because of yeah. you said the elements, but True. then, you know, when Island green, I mean, one shank and you're embarrassed for the rest <laughs> of your life, but yeah, pebble. I also think it'd be funny if you're like, Hey, I made an ace number seven at pebble. What three clubs iron. you use three iron <laughs> from, from 107 yards. or yeah. yeah. So you went uh pebble three sawgrass two and Augusta national one. Yeah, and the okay. reason I put Augusta 1, I actually heard a story about a guy who made an ace on number 12 at Augusta. He was a guest playing there, okay. and Augusta offered him like a framed picture of number 12, of like him making the ace there, and they were going to charge him like $25,000 for it or something ridiculous like that. He was like, oh, let me think about it. I mean, I really cherish that moment, but I don't know if I can do that. And eventually he got back to them and paid the price for it, and because he valued it so much, they gave him a membership there. No kidding. Yeah, that was a pretty cool story. So for doing something that's such a rarity of making a hole yeah. one, regardless of where it is, but to do it there, they were going to help him commemorate the moment by charging him 25 well, Yeah, and the reason they gave him a membership was because he valued that moment so much. Like He understood like the moment that, that was, and they gave him a membership because he paid 25 grand for it. That's like oh. how valuable it was to him. Well, I know it's probably a hypothetical conversation outside of us playing at, at Pebble Beach. I mean, the odds of making a hole in one are small. Yeah. And then to like really pigeonhole yourself and to make it at, at a place right. of that caliber. Seriously. Good for that guy. So he got a membership. Is it like a lifetime thing? Does he have to I don't pay know to be a was, member too? Yeah, I don't know exactly how that works. But I remember some membership, I don't know if it was for a year or life, but yeah, wow. they offered him a pretty good deal <laughs> I mean, for that, paying twenty five grand. That's a pretty expensive uh, life achievement. Like, hey, you got to buy a $25,000 photo. You got to spend a 
ton of money just to become a member. Usually, like if let's say you make a hole in one and it's me, dad, and like Pode with us. Yeah. All you're really out is like 20 bucks for a drink in the clubhouse afterwards. Right. And you actually save money because you're getting a water. We know that. <laughs> so that's that's a cool story. But I think I'm with you on my number one. I think Augusta would be one for me. I think I would put Pebble at two just because of the scenery around it mm-hmm. and just maybe the fact that we've actually seen it. But I would say Augusta one, Pebble two, Sawgrass three, and then I'm with you, uh, Waste Management four. But So when you say making a hole in one at the Waste Management, do you mean playing in the tournament or just playing that course? Because if you're just playing the course without the grandstands and the fans, that wouldn't really be really special. If yeah. you had all the fans there, I could see that being maybe like a two or three. No, you make a good point. I would say, I know this is a hypothetical conversation, but I would say if we're going to play those courses, it's not in the environment that the pros yeah. would play. Yeah. So if we're playing a definitely I would put it number four. Yeah. 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 You make a good point. If you're making an ace in that environment at the Wasteman, like Tiger did, oh, that's, yeah. that's going to be like that could be high. a different ranking. <laughs> yeah. You make a good point on that. Uh, but yeah, Pebble, when you said three and like, oh, what about any <laughs> any of the spyglass par threes that we like so much? Any Ooh. of those sneak in and maybe replace one of them? Because to me, spyglass. There's some par good threes. par threes. The two par threes on the back nine, those were really good looking. They almost remind me of Augusta a little bit. Yeah. I don't think they make the top three, but I would almost put one of those in place of the waste management. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about spyglass uh, at the end of the show because we had a good line from I think it was our caddy at spyglass. Oh yeah, it was the caddy. <laughs> But it's the Bruesome Twosome where we just share golf stories. So we'll bring up something about Spyglass and also my comment about a nice shirt. So we'll bring that up as well. Uh, speaking of, I have, I've already gotten the best man speech done. It's been done for months. But I have inserted the nice shirt story a little bit into the speech. It All right. Easy. No one will know except you and me, but it is in perfect. There, so you don't have to worry. Well, I think Lance will be there. So he might know it too. <laughs> Actually, yeah, he'll be there. <laughs> he might already be drunk, so he might not hear it. So we will transition now into the NBA and the NBA playoffs. Uh, when we discussed this the other day before I knew you were going to be on the podcast, uh, have you been able to catch up on the NBA, NBA playoffs? Do you know what's going on? Do you have any opinions on it at this point? I haven't followed every game, but I'm somewhat familiar with the series and where they stand. So you saw uh, Draymond Green trying to take the heart out. Oh, of yeah. Sabonis yeah, I watched Saturday. that game. Yep, Which, he's out. I mean, I feel like that was definitely intentional, but it wasn't 100% his fault. I mean, the guy did grab his foot, so... Yeah. Yeah, he was trying to get free, but he definitely slammed <laughs> down on his chest. Yeah. He was definitely provoked, but at the same time, oh, yeah. he goes, well, I needed a place to put my foot. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> not through the guy's stomach. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. But yeah, he's obviously been suspended. I guess when the recording is actually here on a Wednesday, we know he isn't playing tomorrow. When it mm-hmm. airs, we know that the Warriors are probably going to be down 3-0. So, <laughs> they might be better off without him. Who knows? Yeah, and that, that'll be part of our conversation in a moment. But my theory is I think the Warriors dynasty is over, and I think they're going to get swept here by this, I think, really impressive and quite fun to watch Sacramento Kings team. But I have my opinions on if the Warriors dynasty is over. You actually might be happy that it's over. I know you're not a Durant supporter or fan, but do you think if the Warriors don't find a way to maybe win a title or at least get out of the first round, do you think it's over too? Because I surely think it is. So I think from a dynasty standpoint, it's already over, but I still feel like they could win another championship, but I just don't think it'll be a dynasty. They're not going to be in the 
like conference finals every year for the next five years. Like to me, that's basically what a dynasty is. And they could still win another championship, but they're not a dynasty. Yeah, you might you might make a point. It might already be over to an extent, but they might be able to sneak one in. I just think last year's was the last one. Yeah, they're not I, the team to beat anymore. No, I, I think they've gotten a lot. I think you said it the other day, just sloppy basketball. I think they've oh, gotten yeah. way sloppier. I think they've become very adverse to the two-point shot and the layup. Um, they definitely, I don't know why people think, I know these analytics say they're good defensively, but I don't see why people think they're a very good defensive team. I was watching the Cavs game in game two against the Knicks. Cavs have the best defense in the league. But I don't think the Warriors box out very well. They can't clear possession on defense really whatsoever. If they're not making threes, they pretty much lose every game. Yeah. And we were talking the other day, too, about I think I told you that I think when you see a team on the road, that's the truest sense of the team. Because at home, you have better sight lines when you're shooting. Obviously, there's 20,000 people cheering for you and not against you. But I, I think the fact that the Warriors are probably the second worst road team in the league is very indicative of how bad they yeah. really are. And their home record just kind of like polishes the turd a little. They're just not that good. But yeah. I, I think it's over. And I would be shocked if they win a game in the series against the Kings. Do you think that they, the Warriors, are better without Draymond Green? I think so. I mean, when he's on offense, they basically give him from a three-point shot to a free throw. They basically sag off of him five to ten feet, so... That's just one extra defender to help in the paint. So it's kind of a liability on offense, as good of a defensive player he is. It's weird to watch because I've watched them for a long time. When they were, I guess it was the 73 and 9 team, and they had, I guess it was Curry, Thompson, Barnes, Igadala, Andrew Bogut, all those guys. They were an inside out team. They were really good at dribble drives, drawing defense, getting dunks with ball movement and mid range shots, and the threes became a byproduct of the ball movement and the spacing. Now, I don't think they do any of that, and I think it's because they really only have three guys that can maybe get their own shot or actually move with the ball and are a, a threat to score. Obviously, Steph, Clay's not really a dribble drive guy, but he can at least get his own shot with ball movement and spacing. Yeah. And then the other guy is whoever starts. So is it Wiggins? Is it DiVincenzo? Sometimes I would say Jordan, Jordan Poole. Poole. I would say Jordan, Jordan Poole can get a shot anytime. He is. I don't know if he's technically a starter, but he's one of those three guys. Yeah. But I think for the Warriors, they play a lot of like three on five when it comes to mm -hmm. offense versus defense. And, and Looney down low isn't anything special either. They're never getting him the ball to post up. Like he yep. can't shoot anything. He's all layups and put back dunks. <laughs> Correct. I think Looney's really good and really valuable, but he's not a threat. He's a no. threat of getting offensive rebounds and kicking it back out for another three when there's a wide open layup to be had. Yeah. <laughs> but I was I was watching the Suns. I'm like, man. It'd be really nice if we could have a guy like DeAndre Ayton who can make a mid-range game. He's athletic. He's long. He's maybe not the best defender, but he's more versatile than a Kavon Looney, and I don't think right. he is a liability when it comes to losing his mind like Draymond Green, but <laughs> he's going to stick around at Phoenix. I just I always wonder, you know, sometimes they say the grass is always greener, especially on National Keep Off Your Grass Day. The grass could always be greener, but it's also that – nice green lawn also has a higher water bill. I just wonder if they let go of Draymond Green at the end of this year, who could be the guy that they bring in to maybe play that role as like a point forward, but also be somewhat yeah. of a threat to actually score when they give, like you said, five to 10 feet yeah. of space. So I've got two people that came to mind while I was thinking this, but I don't know if they're even free agents or what their availability is, but Dylan Brooks on the Grizzlies. Oh, he's kind of he kind of plays a similar role as Draymond too. It's oh, it's like, like his cousin. Yeah. I know, right? 
And then the other would be Grant Williams from the Celtics because he's a big guy. He can play defense and shoot the three and actually make it. Oh, I do like Grant Williams. That's a really yeah. good. Yeah. And he would be a guy that wouldn't have his pride getting in the way of scoring. No. Yeah. He's a good role player. That I, the Dylan Brooks thing just makes me laugh because it's like, <laughs> it's like you. It's, very, it's like turning the clock back five to 10 years. <laughs> yeah. And that's basically Draymond. Yeah. <laughs> Except he can shoot threes. I'm just thinking it's like you dated this girl. She was a brunette. She was crazy. You never got along. You break up. And then the next girl that's almost just like her, you try dating her again and expecting <laughs> different results. That's insanity. So the Dylan, yeah, Dylan Brooks would be similar as a role player, but it would almost be too similar. You've got a little PTSD there if you brought But I feel Dylan like Brooks. he can actually shoot, so that would make it a different dynamic. That's fair. And maybe you could reel him in a little bit more than Draymond yeah. Green. Draymond Green's kind of out to lunch. He's he's on. I don't own. know who had more technical fouls this year, Brooks or Green. Might be. <laughs> it'd be a good good thing to look up. Oh God, it might be T one. They might have been tied for first. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they they are a very explosive individual. But I do like. I'm glad you had a couple names because I've been thinking about this for like a year and a half, and I couldn't <laughs> come up with one. I would actually really like the Grant Williams thing. I don't yeah. I don't know the business side of the NBA. I don't right. know his contract. I don't know if he, it's even a possibility. But I'm just thinking of the Warriors team and how they're constructed. Grant Williams would I, I think it'd be a pretty good fit. I wish I could come up with a name. I I just don't know someone that would fit the defense first mentality, the energizer of a team that doesn't need to score but also at the same time needs to be a threat to score and maybe finish when you get to the bucket or maybe make your free throws. (laughs) I mean, in 10 years in the NBA, he's not gotten any better at shooting. So Uh, being around Steph and Clay, how have they not rubbed off on him as far (laughs) as his shooting goes? Like You're witnessing greatness all day in the gym shooting and nothing rubs off. (laughs) Yeah, For 10 years, they've been teammates. You haven't gotten better. Like it's like Shaq at the foul line with like with Steph It's like, yeah. You guys have been hanging out for years, Shaq. You haven't even like hit the rim more often. What the yeah. hell? You can't give them like one or two pointers, or <laughs> <laughs> I and you could throw Jordan Poole in there. Jordan Poole could shoot. Yeah, He's one of the best can. free throw shooters in the league. But Draymond's right. too busy trying to punch him versus learning from him. Uh, but no, that that's a good one. I really like Grant Williams. So I don't think anyone from the Golden State contingency would be listening to this show. Draymond does have his own podcast, but from one podcast person to another, hopefully the people that make decisions for the Golden State Warriors. Listen here. Maybe they go try to get a trade for Grant Williams. That's a great move. I, I applaud you for that. That's Well, that's if it good. works out in their favor and they end up winning a championship, I'd like a ring out of that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, because, well, you're getting a ring in a couple of months. You want a that's second true. one. <laughs> yeah. You need, you I want need... a really big one. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a happy Gilmore. I want one of them big <laughs> checks like he's got over yeah. there. But yeah, you just need to balance it out. You, you got to have one on the left, then you have one on the right. That literally just came to my mind today. Like I was thinking about this last night and I yeah. could only think of uh, Dylan Brooks, but that literally just popped into my head like five minutes ago. There's, you know what, actually this one just popped into my head now and it's only because he played really well the other night for the Lakers. I wonder if a guy like Rui Hachimura could actually work oh. with, with the worst. He can shoot. He's obviously yeah. a lot more athletic. He's tall. Oh, yeah. He might be closer to a five than a four though. But just so I can feel like I can contribute something to go. really my own show. I, you shouldn't be doing all the work here. <laughs> uh, I do like yours way better than mine, but that's just the first one that that popped into my mind. That wouldn't be a bad option either. Do you think the Warriors would be better or worse, or would it be more futile or less futile with Dylan Brooks coming in? I think they'd be better off with him. I don't know. I just 
he has a lot of fire, but I feel like they could control him a little bit more than Draymond. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think there's a phrase that, you know, it's tough to teach a, a new dog or a puppy new tricks, but it's also a lot harder to teach them if they continue to piss on the carpet. Draymond's <laughs> long gone. I don't think you can change Draymond. Yeah, he's not changing now. He's yeah. setting his ways. <laughs> yeah, maybe you bring in Dylan Brooks. Maybe you treat him like a puppy that's had a few accidents, but you can still kind of rein him in and yeah. keep him in one spot. But yeah, Draymond's still peed on the carpet, and there's no change in that. So we've already determined that uh, Draymond Green and the Warriors are maybe on the outside looking in in terms of realistic chances of winning a championship. Uh, we also hope that Sabonis's chest is still okay after the uh, basically the punch coming from a heel from Draymond Green. I still found that funny that uh, there were some people that were defending him, like, well, he had to put he had to put his foot somewhere. I bet if it was. Let's say like Danny Green. It's like probably one of the nicest guys yeah. you've never heard. You don't even know he's in the league until he makes a three-point shot. If that was Danny Green that stepped on and got a little frustrated with this Sabonis kid, and Danny Green did it, it's just probably a flagrant one, no suspension, and they probably even shake hands after the game and say, I'm sorry. But Draymond Green has had a reputation of this for years, and when that reputation precedes you for basically 10 years – you're not getting the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> I was surprised it was a flagrant two, though. Really? Yeah, I thought it would be a flagrant one. I I just assumed that regardless of how they would deem the foul, he was getting ejected. And I yeah. don't think a flagrant one ever warrants an ejection. So I just figured, I don't know if you could even give him two technicals for it, but I just knew it at some point when the referee went to his little microphone and looks like an idiot. <laughs> I just assumed they were saying that Draymond was was bye bye and and they was. Well, they gave Sabonis a flagrant one to uh, for just grabbing his foot, didn't they? I think so. Yeah, that little heel grab. I don't have any issue with Sabonis. I I think in a way it was actually probably a genius move. You know, get a guy that's a hothead to overreact, and you know, you instead of taking one like on the chin, you take one in yeah. the chest, get him out of it. <laughs> Since I don't think that the Warriors will be in the NBA Finals, uh, this will be more of an interesting question for me, but I'll ask you first, Chris. From an NBA Finals matchup, what do you think will be the NBA Finals matchup, but then also what is a matchup, if it's different, that would intrigue you the most? What would get you to watch games one through maybe seven? So what I think will actually happen will be Celtics-Nuggets. What I would like to see happen would be the Heat versus the Clippers, just because I really like Jimmy Butler. He's just a a motor <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got Westbrook, which I like him a lot. Even when he was on the Lakers, I still like his energy too. And then <laughs> Paul George, Eric Gordon, they're just, it feels like a good dynamic in the Clippers, but I think that'd be a fun matchup. Heat and Clippers. Boy, that would be a wild one. Eight versus four. That would feel like, yeah, Madness. with the play in game too. Yeah. yeah. With the play in game. Yeah. It's like an 11 seed making the final right. four, like VCU. I, I, too, think if I'm picking on who will make the finals, I would say Celtics. I agree with you there. And I could see this is what I think will happen, or maybe more so what I want to happen. But I think I could see the Suns coming out of the West. I think okay. the Nuggets are really good, but I think the further that the Suns play into the playoffs and the more that Booker, Durant, your guy... Chris Paul and Aiton play together. I think it's only going to get tougher for teams to beat them. 
So the more momentum that Phoenix gets and the more that those guys all play with Durant and learn their tendencies. And I think the more that those guys play with each other, the better they're going to be and the harder they're going to be to be beaten. I also think it'd be fun if the Suns end up playing Brooklyn in the finals just with the trade dynamic, but I don't (laughs) think Brooklyn will make it, but I think that'd be kind of cool to see. I don't think Brooklyn's going to make it because they're already down 2-0 to the Sixers. But what I think is hilarious is Kyrie left the Nets to yeah. go to Dallas to like make a run at the finals, and they're not even in the playoffs. Which is <laughs> fine with me. I yeah, he is. If you're a flat earther, you deserve to be sitting at home right now. I think the Heat, especially if Giannis is hurt, I yeah. know the Bucks are still pretty good and pretty deep, but you need an right. MVP guy to make the finals. But yeah. if the Heat could with with Jimmy Butler, that's a pretty darn good team. I'm surprised they're not better. That's I think Hero broke eight. his hand or finger too, though, in the last game. So he's out. Yeah. But. but that's, I mean, yeah, that's a good point. Each one of those guys, at least they didn't lose. If you're a Heat fan, at least you didn't lose Jimmy Butler. I mean, yeah, from the Heat standpoint, if you can take out one person for the Bucks and one person for the Heat, that's not a bad trade <laughs> losing Giannis for Tyler Hero. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. It's like playing chess. You're like, all right, yeah. I lost a rook, but I got your queen. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's a great analogy. Yeah, that, that's a good trade. I, yeah, so yeah. if Giannis can't get healthy or remain healthy right. for the rest of it, I think the Celtics might have the best chance to make the finals. Um, I would also like to see them in the finals. So what I think yeah. will happen is Celtics and Suns. But and maybe this is just because I just like watch them so far. They've kicked the hell out of the Warriors. I think it'd be really cool to see if this very youthful and inexperienced playoff team in the Kings just run through the West. That would I be think that'd cool be really to see. cool. The fact that the Kings are bringing Monk off the bench means the Warriors have no chance. They're done. <laughs> They're yeah. absolutely done. The Sabonis kid is excellent. I mean, he's a lot age, better than I thought he would ever be. hundred percent. And we're at the age now, Chris, where we're watching kids play that we also watch their dads play. You yeah. Realize that? I remember his dad from the Blazers. Yeah. <laughs> like we're not that old, but we're also not that young anymore. Like yeah. I remember Arvidas Sabonis. Right. And what is this kid's name? De- Demontis or some crap? Something like that. Like that yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we're at the age now that we're watching players play where their where their dads play. Like Gary Payton yeah. the second for the Warriors. I love him. Tim Hart Tim Hardaway Jr. That's just crazy to me. Like That's we're all not I that can old think of so far. Yeah, yeah, you and me both. But I would say from a fun standpoint, I would I remember watching the Warriors and the Celtics last year. I'm like, man, I really obviously want the Warriors to win, but I wouldn't be upset if the Celtics won because I really like watching them play. Yeah. A lot of young guys that are easy to root for. Tatum and Brown are great. My new favorite guys, Grant Williams, apparently. <laughs> there you go. But I think it'd be really fun to see Kings and Celtics. The ratings might not be as good, but I think what I if I'm putting money down on it, which I don't have at the moment. I would put money down on the Suns and the Celtics as what would happen. And then what I would be intrigued, I'd like to see Kings and Celtics. But if you want a dark horse instead of the Celtics, I'll throw the Cavs in there because I don't Ooh. mind Cleveland. As long as the Browns yeah. not there winning, I don't give a crap. I bet if Cavs played the Kings, though, that'd probably be the worst rated NBA finals <laughs> in quite a while, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Two, two small market teams. And right. this is... This is a matchup where the Cavs and the city of Cleveland have more NBA championships than their opponent, which is nuts. Oh, It'd wow. be one to nothing. <laughs> that would be that'd be a terribly rated final. Yeah, 100% right on that. But I do think the playoffs will be interesting. I, I think for maybe the first time in a very long time outside of the year when the Warriors had all the injuries and they just got bumped a little bit earlier. I think I'll be intrigued to watch the NBA playoffs when I don't have a vested interest in a team actually winning. In a weird way, I kind of want to just see the Warriors get swept, get them out, get them over with, and then I can just watch basketball just to watch basketball. 
you might have a tougher road with your want team than me. I know. Uh, the Clippers a and Suns will be in a dogfight. Oh, yeah. well, the Heat too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be frank with you, the Heat might have a better chance to take out the Bucks and the Clippers to beat the Suns. Maybe. That's a fair if Giannis point, yeah. can't play. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know if the Kings will make the finals, but if they do end up beating the Warriors, I'll root for them just to see. They're exciting. That that home court advantage, that's a big advantage for those kids. Yes, you're going How on the road. How fun would it be to have the Warriors win and play the Grizzlies? Oh, <laughs> you would actually Draymond and Brooks <laughs> oh talk about ratings. Those ratings. Oh my god, roof! You'd Seriously. actually have to bring in people from the WWE to officiate. That. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You talk about ratings. That gold. would be good. <laughs> so we need a couple of monumental comebacks for that to happen. Yeah, that but would be I... awesome. Though. <laughs> no, it would just be like the '90s, and the people would just beat Seriously. the hell out of each other. It'd be like the Pistons playing anybody. <laughs> anybody, right? Yeah, Bill Ambeer actually decides to coach one of them <laughs> just for fun. All right, the last thing we have to discuss when it comes to the NBA, and this is something that you brought up when we kind of discussed the Warriors and if their dynasty was over and we would, I don't even know when this happened, like what late seventies, early eighties, when this began, I think it was in the eighties because I think when Jordan was playing in college, they didn't have a three point line for at least one or two years. And I think a lot of people that support Larry bird being one of the best of all time says, just think if they had a three point line, the reason we bring this up is this question. My brother brought up the fact that, how different or how interesting would the NBA look if they eliminated the three-point line today? Because I've said for a while, I love Steph Curry, and he's done great things. He's he's transcendent for the sport, but I also think he's kind of ruined the sport in a way. Yeah, I forget which game I was watching the other night, but it was a three-on-one, and they uh-huh. pull up for like a corner three and miss it. And like yeah. you have a guaranteed layup and you shoot the yeah. three ball. I It goes back to what I think about the Warriors. I don't know why they're so adverse to or turned off by a two-point shot, or more so a layup or a dunk. Yeah. I, I know you're getting one more point for shooting a three, but like you said, that example, I'm assuming these guys that are getting paid millions of dollars can execute a three-on-one to get a layup or a dunk. Yeah, That's seriously. pretty sure. But I, when you brought that up, I was like, man, Steph Curry's done a lot for the game, and now every team is just passing up. Like, you'll see Kavon Looney get a rebound. Yeah, right. pivots and is facing the rim. And <laughs> I've seen guys, and I'm not making this up, I've seen guys for the Warriors in transition drive to the bucket, elevate to the bucket, and can just like lay it in, like yeah, in Space Jam, no. two points, mm-hmm. and they kick it out at the very last second. I'm like, guys, yeah. you're making out with the rim. Just finish off the layup. That's an interesting. If you eliminated the three-point line, you would see a lot of like, oh, shit moments that people would just yeah. be standing there on the court. like They wouldn't know what to do. Well, part of the reason I brought that up is I was watching the Heat game, and Jimmy Butler, he's like, the mid-range king so like he would just absolutely dominate like he rarely shoots threes even if he's wide open so i was yeah. like man if they get rid of that he's just probably the best player in the league there's there's a few guys that would that are already great players that would mm-hmm. really climb the charts of like the top five like all nba teams butler's one of them i think demar Derozan is probably right oh, up yeah. there as a, mm-hmm. he, you don't ever see him shoot threes yeah and as much as i don't really like this i, I think he's a good guy i just don't like him Chris Paul would get a lot better because he's only a mid-range point guard. He'll yeah. shoot some threes, but he tries he to get it. to the elbows and just make 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was another guy I just had on on my the tip of my tongue. Um, well, I'll tell you, and I've just noticed this in two games, De'Aaron Fox for the Kings, their little point guard, the lefty. Yeah. He is hell-bent on getting either to the rim or stopping for like a mid-range jumper. Mm-hmm. So there would be some guys that, oh, Devin Booker was the other one I was thinking of. Oh, yeah. That guy, he's a three-tier player. He can get to the rim. 
He can make the mid-range, and he's a deadly shooter from three. It's just impressive to me that there are guys in a three-point shooting league that are stubborn enough and know their game enough to not do that, and they're still all-stars. Jimmy Butler's probably top 10 in the league. There's got to be other guys that would climb that chart. But I mean, you I think mean, a lot of the post players, like, I mean, any post player in the NBA now would automatically be elevate like Embiid's gonna be better yeah Jokic will be even better than he already is it would be interesting to see how those post players if they would easily translate to just a post because like yeah if you're not getting an extra point for it why is Embiid standing at the top of the key yeah I, I think some of the guys that really need to be that are tough and physical would get better but some of those guys like I can't see Rudy Gobert all of a sudden take it a big leap a little Frenchman no I mean, he punches his own teammates like Draymond. But <laughs> I don't know if he would go down and like embrace the physical, but that would be interesting. And then I'm thinking, so we we have some guys that would maybe take the next step in better just because it's just a two point game. Yeah. Who do you think would take a step back? I don't think Steph I, would. I don't think I he think would. Clay I think would. Clay would. Yeah. Clay would because he is like a one dribble shooter, spot up shooter. Yeah. I could see him taking a hit. I don't think I've ever seen Clay shoot a two-point shot off of two feet. Have you? Do you watch <laughs> enough of him to see that? Probably not enough to notice. But Next, watch game, watch game three tomorrow. And if he does shoot inside the three-point line, he's going to jump off of one foot and jump in a direction away from the rim. And he makes some of them, but I've never seen yeah. him take like a normal-looking jump shot from inside the three-point line. There's got to be other guys that would would suck. It's those three and D guys. The guys that only shoot threes. Uh, what's his? Uh, is it not Jamison Crowder? Jay Crowder, who's all over the place now. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I don't see him shooting anything other than threes. PJ Tucker, he's probably. Oh yeah, one. I mean Trey Young's Young. good enough where he can get other stuff, but he takes a lot of deep threes too. So I don't yeah. know how that would affect his game. I'm trying to think of other guys that like it's other than just the three and D guys. There's got to be another type of player or just a guy that would not you think Trey Young would take a step back? I could see that. I think so. Yeah. Cuz he's I mean he's not very big so he could Yeah. I don't know. I don't think he's as good or as elusive as Steph of freeing himself and maybe getting to the paint. Now I don't watch a ton of Hawks basketball. Yeah. But I'm assuming that <laughs> um what about you don't think any of those guys from the Celtics would take a step back? I don't think Tatum would. I don't think Brown would. No, yeah, enough. Brown wouldn't. Yeah. Um I think Devin Booker would take a step up. I'm thinking of some of like the best. Kawhi wouldn't. Kawhi's a no, mid-range Kawhi's guy. Kawhi's more of a mid-range player anyway. Yep. Do we have. To I could see up. like Luke Kennard. Like he's more of a spot-up shooter. <laughs> well, yeah. Most most of the white guys would take a step back. They're done. <laughs> um, the, we got to come up with one more guy that would actually kind of lose his like fantasy value. There's got to be someone else. The, let's see. Let's go to the Knicks. I could see a guy like I, I'm thinking of. Him, I just have to pull his name up. Uh, it's, not, it's not Julius Randle. It's the other guy. Oh, uh, uh, RJ other lefty. Yeah, RJ. I wonder if he takes a step back. I don't know. He's good enough driver where he could probably still get to the rim and shoot mid range. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you brought that up the other day, I'm like, man, that would be interesting. And, and to think of when you watch an NBA game, and I think it's leaked into the college game as well, how reliant every team is on the three. I, I think people yeah. forget that a quick two still works and you can extend right. the game. Because mm-hmm. if you take that maybe to cut it to one, three late, and you miss, then it's over. There's no suspense. I know. The quick yeah. two, I think, is a lost art. 
So when you said that, I'm like, man, talk about like a brain shift for the entire right. league. <laughs> if someone just like forgot the adhesives on three point lines, the whole yeah. league would be like 65, <laughs> 62 because no one would know how to do it. Seriously. So the last thing we have to discuss here as we move into Bruesome Twosome golf stories, uh, there's one good story from me. I guess I was a little bit more uh, in the bag than I would usually be. <laughs> We've got a story about that that would explain the nice shirt uh, part of my best man speech. But we also have a, a four-putt story at Spyglass. So Chris, we'll lead with that one first. So it was number eight at Spyglass. If you've never played there, the green is pretty severely sloped. It goes kind of like a kidney-shaped green. So, like, the front is very low, and then it gets high and then breaks to the right. So, I left the ball in the very front of the green when the flag's on the second tier. <laughs> so, my first putt, I throw it maybe 20 feet past the flag. At least I got it up there. Second putt, I probably left it 10 feet away from the hole, and I probably missed the third putt. And the caddy in the group, he wasn't even our caddy, but he was actually in a sling. <laughs> he hurt oh, his arm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes – Friends don't let friends four putt, a-holes do. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, just pick that up. That's See, the funny thing is, he makes a very good point. Yeah. But the thing that I never realized is, at least when you play competitive golf, is like, you just have to putt until you make it. Yeah. So apparently I'm an asshole because I've seen a lot of four putts <laughs> with my own eyes in my own group and some light right ahead of me. So but I think that would have been asshole. my only four putt. <laughs> I've I, never yeah, done with, it before. I don't think I've ever four. I have seen a five putt. Oh, you know the five putt story? Have I told you this? From you or like on TV? I've never five putted. It was it was an actual person. Okay, I I've never told you that. the five putt story. No, this this sounds like I'm about to share the quad quad triple quad. Story. That's what that's what was in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so this was in, I think it was my junior year of high school, at OCC's at what is now Denison, but it, for you and okay. me, we know it is Granville. But it would have been the sixth hole, that par five that like butts up next to the woods. Oh, yeah. I can so, see that a five putt there. <laughs> Matt Isabel five putted that green Ooh. right in front of me. And for anyone that didn't play golf competitively, there's a rule. And at least from Pickerington North's head coach, he always said, if you're at a country club, you don't go past the hole. And I think <laughs> in general, I think that's a good rule for a golfer. You just don't go past the hole. Yeah. But I have I always believed that. And I always kind of kept that. I'm like, hey, don't go long. I never really miss long. But when I saw Matt Isabel five putt the sixth hole in really one of the most important tournaments of the year, he was just back and forth, back and forth. He finally made it. <laughs> I, you never see me. Have you ever seen me miss a shot long to a green? Uh, no, I try to do the same <laughs> thing. I always club down if I'm yeah. in between clubs. Like I hate going long for some reason because yeah. most greens are slow back to front. Right. Most greens are that way. And really, if you go long, what unless you've played the course a million times, when you go long, most of it is not good, and you can't no. see what's behind you. Yeah, it's usually like bare rough or like <laughs> yes, <laughs> or like a hazard that's not even on the car. Yeah. It's terrible. But right. I, I never miss long. And I saw Matt Isabel five putt this green, and I like almost crapped in the fairway. <laughs> and it was it was torturous. And after the after the round, I'm like, Isabel, what what happened to you on six? He goes, I went long, <laughs> and he just, he couldn't get the damn ball to stop. So he five putted the sixth hole. Oh my gosh! But I, I've seen a few four putts, but I don't think the five putt I'll never be able to shake. Whew. But the the story and the lesson learned. If any of you new COVID golfers are out there, 
friends don't let friends for putt assholes do so <laughs> don't be an asshole speaking of assholes before we tell the the nice shirt story i think we've had this conversation since covid which has been about three years at this point i'm starting to really believe that we need to you and i need to form a committee and we'll be co-chairs of this committee and we need to start getting out some type of a test or some type of quiz to validate that you're actually not an imbecile to go play golf. Yeah. Because I tell you, we went to, it was uh, Brandon and I, we went to Turnberry last week. It was, <laughs> there were three straight groups of dullards. You could all tell they were either from a fraternity or they're COVID golfers. Yeah. The first group that was on the first tee at Turnberry that I saw, there were four guys all of them had the socks that go halfway up the ankle and just below the knee. They look like yep. idiots. They look like 1980s NBA stars. <laughs> and they all, I think three of the four went into the right woods and the other one pulled it dead left. And it didn't go far. It's not like Pode where he would hit it yeah. like 280 and it was in the woods. It was like 100. Direct shot straight in the woods. The second group was interesting because they had three frat bros two of which were skinnier than me white guys and a built like a brick shithouse black dude. And his girlfriend, the black guy, had the girlfriend with him. She was hot, gorgeous. So she's sitting in the cart. I don't think she ever pulled her head up from her phone the entire round. And the black guy swung, made contact with ball, and it went two yards forward. Nice. Like I heard contact and I just went, I did the look to see where it went. And That's I hard down, to do. It's very I don't hard. Think I, to could, do. I don't think I could do that if I tried to. I'd either whiff or just hit it two hundred. No, you you couldn't do it. But the best part was you already know that these golfers sucked because you could all see the bulge in their pocket because With they had the second ball. Have? Yeah, because oh, they yeah. knew they were about to re tee. <laughs> but but the best part was so the black guy goes straight to his pocket to pull out his second ball when his ball's two yards in front, and he left the ball there. <laughs> I'm like, dude, at least erase the evidence before you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I think it's quite unfortunate that the girl didn't have her head up to watch the shot because she might have left him right there. And I'd have been the first <laughs> one she's seen. And I might have been in a relationship right now. It was embarrassing. But then the group after them was a dad, the son who was like 13 and a friend of theirs. And after the fifth hole, they had driven backwards more than forwards in five holes. Wow. The guy after the first hole apparently lost a wedge. So on the second hole, he's driving across the fairway. Did you guys see a wedge? I'm like, no. Did you see the third tee? It's that way. And then on five, I guess the sun lost a wedge and they came circling back again. I think golfers need to take a quiz. Like we can't drive until we take a test, pass, yeah. and get our ID. You can't get clients until you take these tests, pass, and prove that you're valuable to the company and your clients. That should be the same for golfers. So you know how like certain websites will be like, verify you're a human not a robot and you have to like do something when you book a tea time you should have to do like a little mini quiz on like rules of golf or etiquette or something like that what to wear to a golf course yeah no you're you're coming up with great ideas today one grant williams two that little it's like the robot quiz that's yeah a it's perfect like one. it's like pick all the squares that have a fire hydrant in them or something <laughs> I, i'm glad you brought that up because for a couple of months i've told myself I need to bring up how much I hate these things and I always forget. Yeah. So I've, the fact that you brought it up, those things are hard. 
Yeah, some of them like, well, there's part of it in the square. Do I still choose it? (laughs) Yeah. People wonder why I have trust issues. It's not because people have broken my heart. It's because these damn robot quizzes, (laughs) there's like a little little stench of a bridge in one of these squares. I didn't click it, and I have to do it again. It's terrible. My favorite one is where you just have to slide the puzzle piece, and it falls in place for you. Those are the best ones. Those are the easiest (laughs) ones to get. I've I've never seen those. What, What websites have those? I have no idea, but it has like a puzzle piece, and there's like clearly a spot for it, and you just drag it to it, and that verifies you're not a robot. Actually, that's a good compromise because yeah. we all know that we're not robots, but yeah. it's not so hard where you're trying to figure because then you start second guessing yourself. You're like, is that a bridge or an overpass? Right. Like, <laughs> how difficult is this quiz? I didn't graduate magna cum laude. I don't know if I could pass this quiz. Right. That's funny, but no, that's a good idea. They need to have like an I'm not a robot. When you like on golf now, like yeah. tea time before you check out, instead of like making sure everything is correct, like when you're setting up a flight, just making sure all your yeah. information's right. And then I authorize to send this through. They should have a little like a little golf robot quiz. Or if you have like a single digit handicap, it just like waves the test for you. <laughs> you're, this is why you're smarter than me. Yeah, that's that's ingenious. The thing I'll is, make my pitch to uh, golf now. Yeah. You, so it sounds this is what you're going to get after this episode. You're going to obviously you're going to get married. That's already that's set in stone. Uh, you're also potentially getting a ring from the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> and and you might get a very decent sum of money for this idea on Golf Now or Tee It Up or whatever these other right. websites are. Teeoff.com. Teeoff. That would that would seriously be a huge help. And and it's not like it's not like the little pick the fire hydrant quizzes and if yeah. you miss one they give you a second chance if right you screw, this is like one and done <laughs> yeah if you screw it up you're not playing saturday right you can try next weekend but this weekend's out <laughs> or it like automatically sends you to like a worse course for a tea time you get to go play willow run because you're a moron. yeah the but fairways are nothing honestly but dirt. a lot of those people that probably would fail that quiz deserve to be at willow run Oh, yeah. I remember playing there in high school because it was cheap and it was actually a decent course back then. I went there, I don't know, a couple years later. I forget which hole it was, but the fairway was nothing to like burnt out fairway. It was just like (laughs) dirt. I was like, okay, it's the last time I'm playing here. It's like my lawn before I moved in with the previous owners. (laughs) It's that's a great idea. My biggest problem is I always have really good ideas, but I'm not smart enough to execute them. So I would trust you to not only have the good ideas, I bet you could execute some of these ideas. At least the, we'll the little quiz. I think that'd be great. Like, yeah. hey, if you're playing slow, true or false, you can let the group behind you move <laughs> right. forward. If you say false, get the hell out of our golf course. <laughs> uh, yes. We've got two minutes left, so I have to share my nice shirt story. You might be able to fill in some of the details because I okay. honestly may not I remember. I probably remember them a little bit better. <laughs> yeah. So Porter and I, we went to the, the Ohio State Scarlet course for the, I guess at the time, web.com. Wasn't now it Lance there? I thought Lance, Lance was there was too. There. Lance was yeah. there too. We met Lance okay. and his dad. We walked through a kitchen without any supervision <laughs> or authorization. Yes. But Porter and I, we would always go there. It was birdie time. So the 13th hole for every birdie that these, uh, what is it now? It's not the web.com tour. It oh, it's is, a corn fairy. Thank you. It's it's the same thing. It's like the minor leagues for the PGA. Yeah. Every time a grouping would make birdies on the 13th hole, you go back to this bar and for 13 minutes, you get dollar beers. Well, the day that Porter and I went there, there were a lot of birdies and <laughs> it was birdie time a lot for Porter and I. So when we finally decided to leave, someone drove us because we're not total idiots. 
you were caddying or doing some scoring. Thing, so I, I was volunteering for the tournament. I was basically a scorer for a group. Okay. So I was just following the whole group and entering their yep. score digitally. And and I knew in my stupor that you were actually still there. And I yeah. wanted to find you because I wanted to get a golf ball. <laughs> but after I got my golf ball from Scarlet, I walk out and find you and you're wearing, it was probably a decent shirt. It was a good but, shirt. It was a shirt they gave us for volunteering <laughs> that we would wear. I mean, it had like the nationwide tour logo on it. It was a decent shirt. But to me, this shirt was like the shirt of all shirts. Like it was the best shirt in the world. And I probably what on four or five different occasions in different conversations. Yeah, not at the said, same time. Yeah, nice shirt. Just in the middle <laughs> of a conversation about something like that's a nice shirt. <laughs> Such an idiot. So for anyone that's going to the wedding, I'll give you a quick hint. At some point in the best man speech, I'm going to look to my brother and be like, by the way, that's a nice shirt. <laughs> Should I bring that shirt to the wedding? <laughs> I mean, you can, but I don't think we should be making a mockery of, of your big day. And you're only going to do this once. So yeah, I, w- I would say uh, <laughs> just, just so you don't get like punched like Ross and friends. <laughs> I say, just go by the book for this. All but right. It would be funny, but if more people knew the story, maybe. But really, all you're going to do is make you, me, and maybe Lance laugh. That's it. Maybe I'll wear it to the bachelor party. There you go. Or no, what you could do is a compromise. You could also, yeah, no, you should do it at the bachelor party because someone there is going to get a little bit too much in the bag, and then maybe they compliment you. On yeah, the same there you shirt. go. <laughs> well, that about wraps it up, folks. Thanks to my company today. For my co-host, Chris Brubaker, I'm Matt Brubaker. The soundtrack for the show is brought to you by PremiumBeats.com. Please like, subscribe, and follow me on the Twitter machine, personal at MattBrew3, the show at Brew & Company. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, life isn't about the people you meet, but about the company you keep. Until next payday, cheers. Cheers.